you have your copy of Scripture, I want to invite you to open up to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. We will break today from our study in the Psalms for Father's Day. Uh, the next psalm that was up was a psalm of lament, and I just didn't think it would fit for Father's Day. So let us look in Ephesians, chapter 6. If you're following the Chairback Bible, that's on page 979. Uh, you can turn to it there. Before we read the passage, would you pray with me? Let us pray together. Father, as we come now to your word, we confess, God, that we are, we are in need of the instruction of your word. Our hearts need this. Our, our minds long for it. Our lives yearn to hear your word, to be instructed by it. And so, Father, teach us. We come in this moment expecting that we will hear from you. And so, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you... Uh, would you illuminate our minds to understand the truth of your word and our hearts to love the truth of your word and give us give us strength, God, to live out the truth of your word. Now, Lord, as. As we come to your word, may may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I remember the day that each of our children were born, our firstborn, 11 years ago. It seems like yesterday, but the 11 years have quickly passed by. I vividly, vividly recall not having a clue in that hospital room about parenting whenever Isaac was born. It was a day of great joy, but it was also a day of almost unbearable weight as I felt the responsibility as I held him in my arms for the very first time. Well, 11 years ago and four children later, I still feel as though I'm in the dark often when it comes to carrying out this responsibility of parenting. I don't know about you if you share the same uh, the same struggles here as I do. But I think this is God's design and His intention that we as parents, as we go through the years and progress through each stage of life, there are different challenges and we are, we are learning as we go through these stages of life how to approach each circumstance and situation that comes our way. Paul speaks to the fatherhood or to the responsibility of fatherhood rather in this passage in Ephesians chapter 6. He exhorts families to live out the gospel. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he urges the church to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which they have been called. And in fact, to do this through dependence upon the Holy Spirit. In fact, in chapter 1, verse 13 of Ephesians, Paul speaks about the role of the Holy Spirit, saying, In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, that is, upon Jesus Christ and his work of, of, uh, of, of trans his work of atonement on the cross, satisfying God's wrath against our sin. When you heard of that and believed in him and the work that he did, here's what happened. You were sealed in him with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And this was given as a promise looking forward to the day of Redemption, that ultimate day that we've been singing about this morning, that glorious day. And so Paul's words here extend in chapter five to the marriage, the way that 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 people and responsibility uh, that the way that in our relationships we are to engage with one another 
So in the marriage in Ephesians chapter 5, 22 through 33, he gives, us, he gives us this picture of how the gospel is to be lived out in our marriages. But then he goes on and he, he gives us how the gospel is to be lived out in the home, addressing children and addressing parents. And then for the worker in chapter 6, verse 5, the worker and the, uh, the master, the slave and the master. In each of these points, Paul is showing us how life in Christ is to transform our daily lives, and how it's to inform our daily relationships. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, if you found your place there, I'm going to begin reading. Would you say amen if you found your place there? Okay, follow along as I read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, as Dr. David said a few moments ago, we're looking this morning, the title of the message is Fatherhood is a Gift from God. And I want us to see this morning that God calls us to respond to his fatherhood, which we cannot see by modeling and responding to earthly fatherhood, which we can see. So God in his grace to orders has even given us a model for us to live out and to see God's fatherhood on display. Now, for the children this morning, I hope you're able to pick up a, a worship bulletin in the back as you came in. If you didn't, I want to invite you to go to the back right now and get one of the worship bulletins. They're back here by, uh, by, are we out? We have one left. Oh, no, the children's worship bulletin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you didn't pick one up, children, you can go and get one now. There's, there's a part for you to interact and take notes on the sermon this morning if you want to, okay? All right, everyone got one. Well, look, I, I know as children, so children, listen to me. The first, the first word that's spoken in this passage is directed to you. It says here, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, that's a direct command to all the children who are in there. All children, meaning those who live under the authority of their parents within the home. So that could be from, from 3 up to 18 or 19. As long as you're living under the authority of your parents, that's how you are to be living. You are to be living, obeying them. And so first, we need to see this, that children learn to serve God in their homes. This is what the home is about. It's teaching children how to learn to serve God. I know as children, we can think that life is hard. And so we make statements like, man, I can't wait till I'm an adult, right? You ever said that? Any of the children ever said that? I can't wait till I'm in college. I'll be out of the house. We say statements like this all the time. But, you know, I, I said those statements, too, when I was a child, when I was your age. I said them from the time that I was six until the time I paid the first month's rent when I moved out of the house. Then I realized that being an adult growing up is much more complicated than I initially thought. In fact, as I become a father, I realize that life is much more complex than I had initially thought. So I want to encourage the children this morning. Enjoy living under your parents' roof, under your parents' authority. Enjoy life under the direction and authority of your parents because this is what the Bible is saying to us this morning. The Bible is saying that children, the way that you first learn to serve God is through obedience to your parents. Now, I know 
All the children in here know what the word obedience means, right? We know what it means to obey. It it means to listen and to follow instruction. Do you know, children, that your parents are a gift from God? You know that? Do you believe that? They are. Your your parents are a gift from God. The Bible teaches, teaches that children are to obey their parents because of this. Because your home is to be a training ground for serving and following Jesus. So this means that your parents are kind of like the training wheels on your bicycle. Yeah, they, they kind of are. Now, you may not have training wheels now, but initially you had training wheels when you began riding your bike. And so what, what, is, what do training wheels do? Tell me, what, what do they do? They give you balance, okay. What else do they do? Security, all right. How about the children? Any, any answers? They keep you safe. They keep you from, what is it? They don't let you fall off, right. They keep you from falling over, right. They give you stability. They, they help you. They protect you. And it's the same thing with our parents. The parents train us, children, how to obey God in our life. So the next time you think about disobeying your parents to something that they instruct you or tell you to do, I want you to think about those training wheels on the bike that you used to ride or that you still ride. Those training wheels are there for your protection, for your instruction. And so those training wheels are there on your bike to keep you safe. And it's the same with our parents. Our parents' authority in our life isn't to make our lives miserable or hard. No, it's to protect us. It's to make our lives profitable. In fact, verse 3 says that it's to make our life long, to give us long life on the earth, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land, he says. So parents are God's gift in your life, children, for two reasons. One, he says here in verse verse one and two, children, obey your parents in what? What does he say? In the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Your parents then are training you how to live for Jesus. And in your obedience to your parents, you're actually learning how to obey God. That's the point that the passage is saying. You're learning how to have a soft heart for the things of God as you Listen and follow your parents' instruction. And so our parents are teaching us God's ways. But there's a second reason we're to obey our parents. The first one is it's God's design. Or the first one is that we're, we're to do this in the Lord because it trains us. The second one is because it's God's design. He says, for this is right. This is how God has purposed and ordered our families. That our parents would give us instruction. Now, you you may not understand or like when your parents won't let you do something that you really want to do, or maybe they won't let you go and hang out in a specific area or place that you you really want to go hang out. But here's the thing. Like the training wheels, they're protecting you. Their experience has taught them what to look out for. Their experience has taught them to keep you from falling and, and getting hurt. Their experience has taught them ways to protect your life. And here's the thing. When you obey your parents, you're living in the way that God intends for you to live. Does that make sense? When you listen to your parents, this is how God is designed for you to live. So you may be saying, well, as a child, 
How then can I serve God? What's a way that I can serve God as a child, as a youth, a teenager? The Bible is saying the greatest way that a child can serve God is first by obeying your parents. That's the greatest way that you can serve God. If you do this, you will be serving God in a tremendous way in learning how to follow God. A little over a year ago, our two oldest sons, at that time they were age 10 and 7, both told me that they wanted to surrender their lives to Christ. I was overjoyed in this moment. And as we talked and discussed what it meant, I, I wanted to be cautious. And, and just due to my own personal testimony and spiritual journey, I, I wanted to make certain and guard them from any uncertainty in the future about their conversion to Christ and their following Christ. I, I didn't want them to look back on their life and say, you know, I'm not sure if I really understood or really believed really what, what the gospel was all about. And so over this last year, we've been watching and praying and interceding for them. Tara and I decided to hold them off from the waters of baptism for a time because we wanted to see fruit of transformed living in their lives. And so I began asking friends, how do you measure the fruit in the life of a seven and a ten year old? And all the friends that I asked, many of them that I asked, they, there was no adequate answer that was given to me. No one could say, here's how you measure fruit in the life of your children. And so just over this last year, as we've been praying and really considering what God is doing in their lives, uh, the summation of this last year really came to a head this week when I was preparing and studying for this text. I believe God has shown me how we as parents are to measure the budding gospel fruit in the lives of our children. Here it is, parents. When your child gets to a place where he or she willfully submits to your authority, even against his or her own desires, you know the gospel is bearing the fruit of transformed living in their lives. That's huge. You can see their will bending and, and turning as they submit to your instruction. That's what we need to look for, parents, and our children, our young children who are professing Christ. We look for willing obedience through submission to our instruction to be demonstrated and lived out in their lives. Mark it down and look for it and pray for it. That is the first fruit of gospel transformation in the lives of our young children. So the way that children learn to serve God is through obedience to parents and secondly, by honoring parents. Verses 2 and 3 teach us this. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. What does it mean to honor our parents? Well, it means to show high regard, to place their worth above our own, to, to hear their voice above our own voice. The command to honor a father and mother is the one that that has a promise with life attached to it so that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. See, God's design is that children are to live under the direction of their parents for their good. Children, when you live according to God's ways and according to his commandments, you'll discover the promises of God's blessings are true. 
They're true for our lives. And I think there are three general reasons why they're true. So children, when you obey your parents, you'll regularly be kept from harm's way. Why? Because they have experience and they know how to keep you out of harm's way like the training wheels, right? Secondly, obeying your parents will guard you from the bad habits or bad friends which tend to ruin and shorten life that this passage is talking about. Unfortunately, in my own life, I've seen this play out severely. I can think of three friends that I ran around with in high school who have passed away already in life. And there's a general principle of truth here, parents and children. We need to listen to our parents, obey them when they speak about the character of an individual or caution us about hanging out with a certain group of friends. We need to, as Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, do not walk and blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. But right, he delights in the law of the Lord. And so parents, we're teaching our children how to delight in the law of the Lord. Children, your parents are training you how to serve God and delight in him. And follow their instruction. Thirdly, children who obey their parents will be far more likely to develop healthy character traits and not harmful patterns in life. And I think that's part of what Psalm 1, 1 through 3 is talking about. So the command to honor our parents is is given here in verse 2. Honor your father and mother. But, you know, this command to honor our parents, it's much broader than just obedience. You know, we must learn to honor our parents at every stage in life. From childhood to teenage years to adulthood, even when our children grow older and leave the house, there are ways that we're seeking to learn how to honor our parents. And so, children, you honor your parents primarily through obedience, obeying them. But when we enter into adulthood, we, we learn to honor our parents through considering their wisdom, right? We listen to their wisdom as they speak into our lives, This, for us, has even been demonstrated in the last two weeks in our own family as Tara and I have wanted her to go to Uganda for quite some time and we felt like this was the year when it would be good for her to go with me to Uganda uh, as a mission in the mission trip of the church. So wanting to go, we shared that with her parents, but her father had reservations about us both being out of the country with our kids here at the same time. And so through weighing and praying about what we are to do, we we arrived at a decision, but we, we wanted to take into account the wisdom of her, of her parents, of her father. And so through praying and, and weighing this decision, we ultimately decided that, that she needs to go. And we shared that with her parents. But, you know, there's something to be said for honoring our parents and learning how to honor our parents and hear their wisdom and, and, and follow their wisdom in life. Even in later years, we, we think about decisions and taking care of parents in, in their declining years. Difficult decisions that have to be made, and we want to make those in such a way that we continue to honor our parents as we take care of them. And so this, this honor your mother and father doesn't end when we leave the house. No, it continues, and it, it applies to every area of our lives, every stage of life that we're in. Well, why does Paul point out this commandment to honor our mother or our father and our mother, our parents? Here's why. Because this commandment becomes the gateway to learning all the other commandments for the children in the home. It's the parents' responsibility to instruct and model a life of godliness before their children. 
This is what God has called us to do. And so, parents, we must realize that our obedience to Christ is the model that our children learn obedience to Christ through. And secondly, as our children also learn obedience and they, they learn obedience and subjection to us through the way that we interact together as a husband and wife. Sometimes our children surprise us in what they say, don't they? There was one time several years back where Tara and I were goofing off a little bit and she kind of came back at me with some snappy remark and I just looked at her and said, girl. Well. The next day, Tara was disciplining one of the boys, and she said something to him, and he looked at her and he said, girl. <laughs> you know, sometimes our, our children surprise us in what they say. But here's the point. Dad, you're a model. You're a model in the home. The way you treat your wife is the way your sons will treat his wife. And the way your daughter will expect to be treated by her husband. The way you submit to Christ is a model for your children to grow up seeing. And so children learn to serve Christ in their homes. Secondly, fathers model the fatherhood of God in their homes. Fathers model the fatherhood of God in their homes. Paul shows us how the gospel transforms fatherhood with two commands in verse four, first, he says. We're cautioned in this way, do not provoke your children to anger because anger is a dangerous emotion. And when it's not dealt with correctly, it's like a balloon that fills up and fills up and fills up until it bursts. And our children should not be instigated by such irresponsible ways. And this isn't how our heavenly father cares for us. It's a father's responsibility to teach his children God's ways. And so we must have a gracious spirit, not a domineering spirit in our parenting and in our fatherhood. We can never get to the heart of the gospel if we're always bringing breathing out threats toward our children. You say things like, if you don't go to your room right now, I'm going to knock you into next week. Get in there. And then we want to go and say, now, let me tell you how the love of Jesus Christ. It, it just doesn't work that way, right? It doesn't happen. And so we must be gracious and loving in our approach to our parenting and fathering of our children. A parent's authority in the home should come from grace and love because it reflects God's authority. It doesn't mean that if our children get angry because of discipline that we have somehow provoked them to anger in a bad way. But it does mean that we should at least be self-evaluating in our own lives and of our own parenting by asking specific questions in our own lives. What specific sins in me might provoke my children to anger? Do I show favoritism? Am I being unreasonable in my demands as a father, as a parent? Am I fault finding? Am I always finding faults? Is there inconsistency in my temperament? And etc. etc. We go on and on. But parenting requires us to see the uniqueness of each child that God has gifted us with. And so we should we should seek to understand how the truths of Scripture might be applied in different ways into their lives so that with each one, the truth of Scripture lands like a missile to the heart. 
Dads, we must show grace in our fathering. And by doing so, our sons and our daughters, we will show them and draw them. We will show and draw our sons and our daughters to the fatherhood of God like, like a metal to magnet. If our children grow up with domineering parents, then they're going to have that view of God as a domineering father. But if they grow up with gracious, loving parents who are entreating them, then that's going to, that's going to shape their view of the heavenly father, you see? And God is a gracious, loving father who's patient with us and entreats us. So the positive side of, fathering, of, of a father modeling God's fatherhood is to nourish our children. So we see the negative side, don't provoke your children to anger. But secondly, we see the positive side, and that positive side is to nourish our children. Nourish is the same word that's used in Ephesians 5.29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. You see, a father should display the practical love of God for his children, it should be one of gentleness and, and friendliness. It should be one of leading and enjoying and protecting and providing. This is where the intentional relationship between a father, mother, and, and a child in the home grows and flourishes like a, like a beautiful garden. As I was just personally reflecting and thinking through what this looks like in our homes, uh, there's some thought-provoking and uh, probing questions that I wanted to give you just a few in, in dealing with this particular area as a father. And so these are, are questions that I'm not only giving to you, but ask of my own self. And so in, in terms of loving my children the way God loves me, I would rate myself blank on a scale of 1 to 10. What could I do to add to that number today? Or... A second question, we, we may be providing physically for our children, but what about emotionally and spiritually? Dad, are you spending enough time with your children to provide for their emotional needs? Think back over the past month. What are some ways that you have spiritually invested and provided for your children? As a protector of your children, given the stage of life that your children or grandchildren are in right now, What's the primary threats that they face? How are you going to protect your children from making unwise decisions or choices that would, that would somehow harm them or harm their future? In terms of leading our children, what about the way that God leads me? How, on a scale of 1 to 10, do I lead my children? Where do I fit in on the, leading my children in the way that God leads me? What can I do today to add a number to, to that, to increase the way that I'm leading them and, and the way that God leads me? Do my children know that, that I enjoy them? Am I striking the right balance in the home between silly and serious? What are the main distractions in my life that keep me from enjoying time with my children? You see, in all of these ways, we see a model of, God the Father in Scripture. He is the protector. He's the provider. He is the one who lovingly and graciously comes to us. He is the one who leads us. He delights in us and invites us to delight in Him. And this reminds us, all of this reminds us of God's work for us in Christ Jesus the Son. 
even when we were undeserving and undesiring of being reconciled to God, he sent Christ to redeem us. This is the gracious love and enjoyment and provision and protection and leadership from God the Father that we see in Scripture. And he calls fathers today to model that in the home and teach our children to respond to that fatherhood, which points them to the fatherhood of God. So this is the practical way that the father has demonstrated his care and his nourishment in our lives. So the father is to nourish them, he says, through discipline, the discipline of the Lord. And the word discipline here means to train the child or child training. It's to be done by word and example of the father in teaching his children. Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 11 and Proverbs 1 through 8. These passages become guideposts for the father in carrying out our fatherly responsibility. For parents in carrying out the responsibility that God has given us. From the earliest age, fathers are to train their children to walk in the ways of God and to follow the word of God. Proverbs 19, 18 says, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. In other words, keep him from danger by disciplining him now. Our Hebrews 12, 11, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see, by God's word, we are to equip our children how to deal with sin and temptation. We not only train our children, we, we nourish them in the instruction of the Lord. You see that in verse 4? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Instruction here means to place in the mind. And here's the thing. The way that we transform the behavior of our children it's not through putting all of these rules in place. It, it's to speak to the heart, the missile to the heart. Because a child with a soft heart will heed instruction and grow in wisdom. But a child with a hard heart will spurn correction and will grow in foolishness and walk in the ways of the wicked. I love Proverbs twenty-three twenty-six. The father speaks to his son. We could say the mother speaks to her daughter. The parents speak to their children. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Fathers are being models. You know, isn't this true of all of us, though? That a soft heart leads us in the ways of God and a hard heart spurns correction and reproof. God calls us all under his fatherhood to listen to submit our lives to his authority, to follow him. And so the father's responsibility in the life of his children is to be an instrument in the hands of God and to build into our children the internal laws of grace and holiness and to give them direction in the Christian life. Because that commandment, honor your father and your mother, is the gateway to all the others. Because in honoring the father and mother, the child is obeying and is being instructed in putting God first and worshiping no other thing. Is being instructed in not committing adultery, not lying, not stealing, 
It's the gateway because as the child submits to the father or the mother, the parent, as they submit to their authority and obedience, they will be learning how to serve God. And so we do this best, church, parents, father, by responding to the fatherhood of God and modeling the fatherhood of God to our children, disciplining and instructing or dis, yeah, disciplining and instructing them to respond to God's fatherhood. So we point our children to God through the way that we parent and father them. In Revive Magazine, this statement was made, and I wanted to share it with you. He says, the, the author, the writer says, in reality, everything a father does is leading his children somewhere, for better or for worse. Our challenge here is to lead them to intentionally grow in Christ. After all, we don't want our children to be prepared for just the next 60 years of life, but for the next 60 million, right, for eternity. We want to point our children Godward. We want them to see a grand view of the goodness of the fatherhood of God who sent Christ his son to redeem us, to save us out of the darkness of our lives. And parents, it is our responsibility to instruct our children in the ways of God, to teach them, to cultivate hearts that bud and blossom in the home with obedience to earthly authority through their parents. Because in doing this, they will be learning how to serve Christ in their lives. So children, are you learning to serve Christ in your home by being obedient to your parents? Sons and daughters, how are we honoring our parents today? On Father's Day, dads, are we training and teaching our children with God's word? Is that the centerpiece, the tool of our instruction? I pray that it is. This morning, I want to pray, and I want to invite you just to spend time where you are. Maybe, maybe there's a work of healing that and restoration that needs to be done between you and your father. Maybe personally you've realized that there are some insufficiencies in your own fathering. I, I know that I have. So I want to invite you to come before the Lord and confess those things. And then walk in the joy and the provision of the Holy Spirit to redeem those days, to, to follow him faithfully, and to make our homes a place where God is at the center and we are training our children to walk in righteousness and holiness. Pray with me. Father, as we come before you, <clears throat> we confess our need for you. We realize and we see our responsibility as fathers is a, it's a heavy responsibility. Oh, but God, it's such a joy to embrace the life and the children that you have given us. So, Father, strengthen us to see how we in our own homes and families can model your fatherhood. Give us wisdom, oh God. Give us wisdom as sons and daughters how to honor our parents, our mothers and fathers. And, oh, Father, strengthen us today. Strengthen the children today to learn obedience in serving you through their lives, through their obedience to, you, to, to parents in the home. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.